0: This week on the Mandatory Samson Podcast, we're talking about SeaWorld, the DEA chief's insanity on marijuana, and the Republican debate. Stay tuned. The show starts right now.
1: You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very serious.
0: This is the Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you live from stand-up New York labs in Manhattan, New York City. Hi, my name is Chris Flannery. I'm wearing a sweater and I'm really hot. I'm joined by my great, beautiful friend, Joey Noe. Thank you, Chris. For what? For the kind adjectives. (laughs) You got it. Uh, Also, we're being produced by Evan. Evan, hit him with your trademark. What up? There he is. Uh, welcome to the program, everyone. Hi. It's very nice to uh, have you here. We greatly appreciate you joining us today. We're going to start off, Joey, with a couple of updates okay. and a couple of quick hits, and then we're going to get into this uh, GOP debate. Obviously, I did my like normal notes mm-hmm. and my recap, and uh, so we'll get into that. I also Look, it's not going to be as long, because I think I mentioned it last week that like. You know, we're going to try to keep things a little bit tighter. Yes. But I asked Molly, my girlfriend, if, you know, I was like, look at these notes. You think this is, like, I cut it down enough? She's like, you have, like, 20 minutes of clips here. Like, this is going to take forever. So don't worry about it. It's not going to be that, that much shorter, <laughs> I think. But I, I tried. I tried to edit it a little bit. Uh, we're going to do that. And then I also have one clip from the MSNBC Democratic Forum that they had over the okay. weekend, which I guess a lot of people didn't watch, and it wasn't really a debate. It was just... What? I, I didn't watch. No, I know you didn't. You didn't even watch this GOP debate, so you're no, going to be surprised not. by all this stuff. Um, I just have one clip. of It was a sit-down with like Rachel Maddow, which was pretty good, but there was nothing um, new. You oh, know? Okay. But I have one good clip of Bernie Sanders that we will play, and nice. uh, we'll get into that um i think that's about it you got anything going on joe you, d- you didn't do a fuck up of the week this i did week, not right? do a fuck up of the week yeah we might as well just get into this stuff and then we'll just do a fuck up next week but there's also a democratic debate over the weekend which i'll you know comb through and we'll have clips f- next week so y- we always have a lot of stuff to do evan did you watch the uh the debate this week or what uh some clips some clips i forget i think the nfl football game was on something was on sure well I mean, look it's understood yeah i mean i understand uh but anyway, great. Okay, so we'll get into it later. You'll be surprised by the clips. You could have maybe something to say about it, and, and that'll be terrific. Before we get into anything, Joey, we have a message from Carson America.
1: Nice. Vote. Vote. Inspire.
2: in 2016 vote and support ben carson okay. for yeah. a new president and be awesome
3: america became a great nation early on not because it was flooded with politicians but because it was flooded with people Who understood the value and of personal responsibility Callan, hard work creativity Vimin. innovation and that's what will get us on the right track now i'm very hopeful that i'm not the only one who's willing to pick up the baton of freedom Because freedom is not free, and we must fight for it every day. Every one of us must fight for it because we're fighting for our children and the next generation.
4: If we wanna get America
3: back on track, we gotta vote Ben Carson. As a matter of fact, go out and vote. I'm Ben Carson, and I approve this message.
0: Whoa, what is that? Is that? Oh, I I cut off the part where it says "paid by Carson America." Is that Fifty Cent in there, man? That that I don't think it is. That is good stuff. Plus, then at the end, I like when Carson's like, that's me, Ben Carson. Like, it's like this rap, and then
1: he comes in like it's uh, Sesame Street. You know, he said your favorite word. What did he say? He said innovation.
0: Well, he's he's just biting our, our favorite Carly Fiorina. Innovation. Joey, listen, Samson, I, Joey's been on my ass about getting the soundboard back. I'll get it back. Okay. Because I want to put that, that Carly Fiorina clip in there for sure, because I think we're just going to use it a lot. Um... Thoughts on that? Some people were like, this is the just a terrible... Like, what was he doing a rap
1: ad for? Like, that is... He, he's not P. Diddy. That's, that's not vote or die type strategy, <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know where you were going with that. I was like, that's the most recent rapper you could think of, P. Diddy. Um, sure, yeah. I mean, whatever. I like it. I think we're probably going to play that a lot. Uh, it's, a good, it's a good ad, and I'm probably going to vote for Ben Carson now because of it. So when are you going to play that? Are you Are going to play 10 seconds of
1: it, or are you going to play the full seconds every time? No, we're going to play the full time? minute
0: probably every, I don't know, six, seven minutes of this show. So <laughs> just stick around for that. Um, <laughs> can I sit, dude, I... I I'm very
1: warm. You I can take, take it off. One.
0: I know, but what if people are watching on YouTube.com slash Mandatory Samson? I, I got dressed up just so they'd be impressed. They're watching
1: for the show. Give them a show. All right, here. I'm going to take
0: my sweater off right now. Listen, I also wanted to say this. It's kind of like off the uh, the topic a little bit. Then we'll just get into what we're going to get into. But mm-hmm. last night was great. I was over at uh, Caroline's with Yamanika and Chloe from Ranting and Raving. We did a live uh, podcast report- recording of Ranting and Raving. Oh, that's awesome. It was great. I had a, a, like so much fun being there. I was on stage with them. It was uh, great. So, it was an experience. Yeah, it was an experience. That comes out uh, next Wednesday. So you should check that out, Ranting and Raving. And, uh it was just a lot of fun, so it was really cool. I just wanted to bring that up. Nice. Um, all right. So the first thing I want to get into here is the closure of Guantanamo Bay. So now we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Yes. We played the uh, the Obama clip where he vetoed the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, mm-hmm. which essentially funds the government. It uh, funds the military and the Defense Department. The Senate this week passed the NDAA 91-3 to in a faster-than-usual passage in order to prevent Obama from closing Gitmo. The NDAA, which, like I mentioned, Obama vetoed previously, contains language preventing prisoners to be transferred within the U.S. to U.S. prisons, prisons, and in all likelihood... Obama will not be able to veto the NDA this time because he actually has to fund you know, the Defense Department. So that's a pretty big development there. And I want to read this quote from Paul Ryan, the newly elected or appointed uh, Speaker of the House on the Republican side. He says, as far as Obama taking executive action to mm-hmm. force close Gitmo or do anything about it, he says he can't. He doesn't have the authority to do it. It's just that clear. We passed the bill in the House with 390 votes, well over enough to override a veto. The Senate today passed this bill with 91 votes, well over what is necessary to override a veto. And the language is very clear that he can't transfer the prisoners. So congratulations. And this is the thing. like People are going to get on Obama that it's, oh, he promised to close Gitmo and he wouldn't. He, what do you want him to do at a certain point is he he can't do it. They're, they're, Congress won't allow it. They won't allow him to transfer prisoners into supermax prisons in the United States where nobody gets out of. I mm-hmm. mean, it's impossible. Um, and then, you know, he'd have to broker deals with different countries in the Middle East to, to, to send these people back, you know, wherever we got them from. But that's a dangerous game also because a lot of those countries don't want them, understandably, because they're tainted by the idea that they're terrorists. And some of them are probably dangerous people. And then on top of that, you let them out then to the world, they're going to come back to haunt you probably at some mm-hmm. point if they really are a problem. And obviously, like we heard from Shakur Amer and all that stuff, these people have been me- really messed with mentally, physically, yes. and, you know, it obviously can be a bad situation. So, yeah, so Guantanamo Bay is not going to close. And meanwhile, a 91-3 vote in the Senate is is absurd. That means Democrats jumped on board, too. So it's not a it's not one party. That's no, everybody. I, I mean, it's not just one party, right? It's, it's both parties uh, conspiring to make a problem here. On top of that, this is the thing. I feel like a lot of times with military stuff, this is what happens. When it's um, an easy thing to like pay lip service, the idea of protecting freedom and all this stuff, then you can really get a people on board, which is what happened in Iraq. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when we go to war, that relates to what the Bernie Sanders clip that I'm going to play in a little while uh, has to do with, which is why I think it's important to play stuff like that. But you see on an issue that we've talked about a lot, Guantanamo Bay, Obviously, it's a problem. Obama said it very clearly. This is a recruiting tool for terrorists, and it's against American values. Apparently, it's not because it's almost a unanimous vote in the United States Senate that we should just let's just keep it going over in
1: Guantanamo Bay. Well, see, I think it's interesting that they slip that in there because originally one could argue that Obama vetoed the original bill because there was $5 billion too much. Sure. Yes, you
0: can make the argument that it was a budget thing, but we all but we listened to the clip of him where yes. he
1: specifically mentioned that Guantanamo was a was a part of it. But and also the interesting thing too to uh, think about it is if Obama really wanted to close Getmo, mm-hmm. wouldn't he have submitted some kind of policy earlier?
0: Yeah. Well, he's been talking about this since day one. Yeah, that he was I know. In office. For real, he was. I mean. No, there's only so much you can do. I mean, it, again, if you're not going to get the votes from Congress, there's only so many ways that you can, like, force close Guantanamo Bay. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Like, he, he really can't just do it on his own because you have to do something with the prisoners. There, yes. there are people there that you're just not going to let out, even though they weren't charged or any of this stuff. But realistically, you know that probably a, a percentage of them are actually people that you'd want to have captured. You can't just let them out. And you'd need permission from different countries to send them there, or you'd have to put them in the United States prisons and you need some kind of um, authority to do that. And it's not just a you know, it's not just
1: something he can do on his own. Do you think this is a matter of semantics? Maybe if they change the definition of prisoners or Whatever we want to call them, no. then we can legitimately move them.
0: Now, like call them detainees or whatever yeah. it is. No, I mean that's it. It is what it is. Like I mean, they Congress knows w- what he's doing. You know, it's yeah. like, oh wait, Guantanamo schools. What happened to all those people? Like, oh no, no, no. The the trick or treaters. No, they're just. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what you call them. It is what it is. Um, all right. So I just wanted to bring that up because that's a follow up to that, and it, it seems like, you know, to me, it seems like definitely if a Republican gets elected guantanamo will be open for at least another four years mm-hmm. if hillary gets elected i think it'll be open it'll just stay open for as long as she's president i don't think she has any desire to close it um Pop- and you know maybe bernie sanders got in it potentially but it seems like congress is going to be the roadblock here and it's not going to happen
1: well bernie sanders actually did uh vote against it vote against what the uh hey. in the senate the bill
0: Right, he voted against yes. the NDA. Yeah, of course, cuz he's, you know, a reasonable person and he knows what we're doing there is a, is a big problem. Again, like you can say maybe oh that's a symbolic vote cuz it's 91 to 3. But good, make a symbolic vote. Like mm-hmm. cuz then you can point back at it and go, "No, I voted against that thing. That that's the that's the issue." Also, Remember last, uh, whatever, last week or two weeks ago, when we were talking about the Republican debate where Rubio was getting hammered for his voting record and all that stuff? Yes. Well, I'm running for president. I miss votes. Bernie Sanders is running for president. He made it back to vote for something that mattered. You know what I mean? I don't know if Rubio voted on that. He did not not vote on that. Okay. Well, there you go. Neither did Ted Cruz or uh, Ron Paul. I love that you uh, had that information just ready to go. You fucking, Jesus, Joey, you really, you're. I'm trying to bring it for you, son. You are. You're bringing it very, very hard. Nice. Very, very hard.
1: Uh, all right. And right there, if we had the soundboard, you could have hit the button. <laughs> and Fuck my be mouth. Happy. Yeah, I could have played it. You're right. I have to get it back. It'll be fine. All right. So this is another
0: thing that we've talked about a lot on this show and is now news this week again. SeaWorld.
1: Yay.
0: San Diego version of SeaWorld will end its, quote, theatrical killer whale experience by the end of 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, SeaWorld planned on doubling its whale environment till, you know, almost 10 million gallons of tank or whatever. But the California Coastal Commission said they could only do that if they stopped breeding orcas at the park. So they were like, oh, never mind. Forget it. We're not going to.
1: I don't (laughs) understand why they want to stop them from breeding because they want them to go out and bring more orcas in. Wouldn't it just make sense to let them have children? and we Well, no, because then, then you're just them.
0: breeding them in captivity, and that that that's a whole nother you know can of worms. I oh, can't do that. To Get into it. Well, no, they just shouldn't be there at all. We're gonna we're gonna get yeah. into the discussion in a minute. Texas and Florida parks won't be changing their practices. I have some quotes here from Joel Manby, uh who's the SeaWorld CEO. This is what he had to say about it. And then I also want to say th- something about. The SeaWorld customers are also to blame, Mm -hmm. as you know, in this whole thing. But this is what this Joel Manby has to say. He goes, People love companies that have a purpose, even for profit companies. Just look at Whole Foods. I don't see any reason why SeaWorld can't be one of those brands. Well, Joel, here's why SeaWorld can't be like Whole Foods because the organic uh, kale that you're selling is not being tortured by being there. It's not one of the most intelligent. Mm. Like, are you out of your mind? SeaWorld doesn't have to exist. It doesn't make sense. If you want to see a whale, go on a fucking whale watching tour, Mm -hmm. get on a boat and go out and do it. Oh no, because you're, you're, you're like a disgusting American just riding around in your fucking scooter. Like, oh, look at the whale. Like, that's why, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not going to be the same as Whole Foods. What is the guy out of his mind? I think that's his job to be out of his mind and to increase profit. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, so, but, but, like, oh yeah, you're going to be just like Whole Foods. Sure. What redeeming quality other than like, it's cool to see whales? Is SeaWorld putting on there? You can fucking go see whales if you want to see them. They, they, they don't have to be in their little prison tanks
1: in San Diego. That's not how it has to work. Well, I think it comes to the going, hopefully, going to be their new strategy to get more technically uh, advanced and depend less on the coming attractions of these poor animals in cages, virtually. Well, okay. So let's hear what he has to say about uh, to that to that end. Guests say that they want this is what I'm
0: talking about where customers are to blame. here. Mm -hmm. Guests say that they want the orca experience to be activities that the whales tend to do in the wild. So they jump in the wild, they splash in the wild, but some of the other things that are perceived as trained tricks are less appreciated by guests and we're probably going and they're probably going to be eliminated. Now they're only doing that in San Diego. Dummies in Florida and Texas don't give a shit whether the whales are doing what they normally do. They're hula hooping and, and shooting pistols and stuff and people are happy about it. This is what I'm talking about. The get look. We understand that you should put whales in a cage, but if you're going to do that, could you at least make them act like whales normally act in the ocean? Like that's part of the that that's part of the problem. People that go there expecting like, well, look, the whales are fine. You know, they're in a nice environment. No, they normally get to swim in the fucking ocean. They have unlimited place to go. They can go wherever they please. They can migrate. They can do their thing. No matter what you do at SeaWorld. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like they're in their normal environment. That's insane. So just because they're not bouncing uh, beach balls to the audience doesn't mean that those whales are fucking happy now. So here's my
1: question for you. Yeah, so with the 3.8 million people who were in attendance, Uh which is 17% less than last year, Mm -hmm. what are they going for? They are going for the beach balls and... Right, they're well, swimming with the dolphins and all. That.
0: Absolutely, but that's because this is what this is saying. Like in San Diego, some people have complained about it, but then he goes on um, why changes won't be happening elsewhere. He goes, they want experiences that are more natural, and experiences that look more natural in the environment. It's not universal across mm-hmm. our properties, right? So people in Texas and Florida don't give a shit. It's just because the documentary Blackfish came out, mm-hmm. and it like. Pointed specifically to San Diego, and people in California obviously tend to be more liberal. They're more like attuned to this type of shit. So they're like, "No, can we not? Can you please not have the uh, the, the whale like serve us breakfast? Can you just have him swim mm-hmm. around a little bit and like eat some fish like that?" That this shit pisses me off, and also because they're putting it out there that like we're changing, we're not doing anything. We're they're only doing changing. they're only doing it in San Diego. So what? They're they doing it in San they Diego. spent fifteen million dollars
1: on telling people
0: I know that they're changing. I know. Why don't you dump some of that fucking money into like? whatever sea sea world is over as far as i'm concerned okay you can't keep going to sea world it doesn't matter what they do these are very intelligent sensitive animals they need to be set free there's just that's it like unfortunately you can't have access to whales that easily if Mm -hmm. you want to go see a whale there's ways to do it you could like i said you can go whale watching there's different places where you can go to see it it's not at an amusement park in, in Florida. It's just not how it's gonna work anymore. It can't. So can't, no matter what they do. They're never gonna make it good enough. Unless they go out into the, the ocean and put a little fence
1: <laughs> the entire all along the coast and call that SeaWorld, I'm not gonna be okay with it. Okay. So you fear that they should maybe start a new kind of, like, a new feature attraction, I guess? New ride? Yeah. Something to bring in the customers? Yeah.
0: Mechanical whales. Have a 3D experience. Do, like, an IMAX thing. It's just maybe this thing doesn't work anymore. There's a lot of stuff we don't allow people to do anymore that they used to do back in the day. We used to let people fight lions. We don't do that anymore. Yeah, it seems like a bad Okay, idea. we just stopped doing it. It's like, eh, maybe we shouldn't. Fine. Great. man, eh, maybe we shouldn't have whales in, like, too small a, a pen, because again, unless it's the size of the ocean,
1: you're fucking with a really intelligent creature. Maybe if they could fish the whales. What, what does that mean? What do you mean? Yeah, have, you, you know, you, you can bring a home a whale with you. I, I think that would increase attendance a lot. Oh, like, like you you go there and you're like,
0: I want that one. And then you take a big whale back to your house yes. or your apartment or whatever. Yes. It's probably going to – I mean, the the only problem I see with that, uh, having a whale as a pet, mm-hmm. is that you probably – your uh, water bill would be pretty high.
1: Yeah. And the food bill would be pretty high too. You'd yeah, mackerel to and
0: stuff it. like that. Yeah. But as far as being able to, like, get a whale into your, your apartment, I think it would be fine. Uh, all right. Anyway, I just want to bring that up because, you know what? It's like, I'm sick of talking about them, but fuck SeaWorld because they keep coming out with this shit where it's like, we're revitalizing profits. We're going to be like Whole Foods. You're not. You're going to go the way of the dodo bird. It's over, SeaWorld. I'm done with you.
1: I don't think it's over. I just think they're going to change it's not the over.
0: I'm, yeah. I'm saying that it's over. Yeah. But it's not over yet, but it's, it's getting there. It, okay. it will be soon. People in Texas and Florida, wake up. All right? It's, oh, stop going to SeaWorld. There's plenty of shit you could do.
1: It's just going to take them a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, well, Texas and Florida, it's like we might as well give it back to Mexico and then just sell Florida to the Chinese. Like, we we don't need them. Although if you are Samson in either one of those states, we love you, we appreciate you, and we'll gladly... And we obviously don't mean that. No, we'll gladly accept you in in one of our states. This is something that really annoyed me. Just have uh, this, and then... Let me see, hold on. We have this story. Oh, yeah, and then one one more really interesting study that we're going to get into, and then we'll get into the clips. Uh, The DEA chief... Mm -hmm calls medical marijuana, quote, a joke. This guy, Chuck Rosenberg. The new head of the Drug Enforcement Agency, Chuck Rosenberg, has some interesting things to say about weed. Do you want to hear some of these quotes that really aggravate me? And it's very frustrating when you see, in some states, marijuana is legal and people are reaping the benefits of that. And it's clear that there's no negative effects. Nothing bad is happening. Crime is not up. In fact, kids are smoking less weed than ever because it's legal. Like, this is the guy that's in charge mm-hmm. of the DA. He is the head guy. This is this quote. What really bothers quote Chuck Rosenberg. What really bothers me is the notion that marijuana is also medical, because it's not. We can have an intellectually honest debate about whether we should legalize something that is bad and dangerous, but don't call it medicine. That is a joke. Is this guy out of his absolute mind?
1: I think he was put there for his stance on uh, medical marijuana. And they have. Who knows why
0: this asshole was put there? This is another quote he has. This one really annoyed me because it's like it hits home. He goes, "If you want me to say the marijuana is not dangerous, I'm not going to say that because I think it is. Do I think it's as dangerous as heroin? Probably not. I'm not an expert. Okay,
1: then he shouldn't be
4: there.
0: Yeah, you're the head of the the drug enforcement agency. If you're not an expert, who the fuck is? Then why don't you step down? Then what what are you doing there? How how dare you? We should have somebody that's putting drug policy out that goes, um. Is heroin and weed the same? I don't know. I'm not an expert. I had a very close friend to me, and you as well. My best friend died of a heroin overdose. He used to smoke marijuana every day. Did it kill him? No. No. You know what it did? It made him fun to be around, and we watched Doctor Who. That's Mm -hmm. what happened. You know what killed him? Heroin. And now you got the guy, the fucking head of the DEA, coming out and being like, well, I'm not really sure. Disgraceful. That's disgraceful. And I I wrote down a couple of points here about this, because this one just really pisses me off, and we can move on from it, but it really annoys me. Weed research, because this guy's talking about, oh, I don't know, is it dangerous, blah, blah, blah. Weed research has been hampered on a federal level for decades. You're not even allowed to do research on it to tell whether its medical use is, is beneficial or any of
1: that stuff. That's yeah, so, because it's the way they categorized it. Well, they categorized so, it as a Schedule One yeah, drug, and right, it's, it's time a, that that should be revisited and we remove that.
0: Well, of course, because if that's a, if weed is a Schedule One drug, alcohol is a Schedule One drug, then too. Uh, unfortunately for you, tobacco, all that stuff. But wait, let, let me get yeah, to okay. You this. Okay, so they don't allow the research to be done, so then they have nothing to point to, and they can conveniently be like, "Well, nobody's ever proven." Nobody's ever proven on a federal level, but there's a lot of like, uh, you know, evidence of people out in the world that say that it really helps them with their pain and different things like this. Painkiller use and abuse lowers with access to medical pot. So people that maybe get on OxyContin or whatever and then use heroin and die, maybe they wouldn't do that if they had a lot better access to medical marijuana and they weren't being prescribed these addicted, addictive opiate medications for you know acute pain and smaller injuries. That's a huge plus to medical marijuana. And on top of that, there's no demonstrated lung cancer link between smoking weed and, and, and lung cancer. A lot of times when it gets confused where they go, well, it does cause lung cancer, it's because people are smoking tobacco with it. When you just okay. smoke marijuana, it's not hurting you at all. It's bullshit, and there's a lot of anecdotal evidence out there, and there's a lot of research and studies That show that marijuana does absolutely help with pain in a lot of different forms, in different oils, can uh, shrink tumors and things like this. It's disgusting that this guy's out there putting this shit out there. And even, how dare you? Oh, marijuana and heroin? No. You can say, listen, heroin is 100% more dangerous than weed. It will kill you if you take the wrong amount of it. That won't happen with marijuana. I don't think marijuana is good for you either, but heroin is worse. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Mm-hmm. What's wrong is that this guy is the head of the DEA, not an expert, but he's going to yes. come out and,
1: and say this, this crazy shit. You, you got anything to say about that, Joey? As I said, the, the, we have to fix the Schedule 1 thing about no medical value. There's obviously medical value to marijuana.
0: Well, of course, I mean, even if even if you're just talking and this is a physical argument this guy's Mm -hmm. talking about, forget about even getting into psychologically, does it help you feel better? Does it maybe take the edge off? Do you maybe get a little more introspective and kind of figure things out about yourself or just sit around with friends and laugh and have some fun, like stress relief? Like we accept it with alcohol. We -hmm. think that's fine. Even though alcohol is a depressant and like if you drink enough of it, it'll fucking kill you. Marijuana get. Bad news, everyone. You smoke a ton of it, you know what you're to do? Fall asleep. Mm-hmm. That's it. You're going to eat some dominoes and you're going to go to bed. It's not the biggest deal in the world. And I think it is good for you physically and mentally. Obviously, anything too much can be a problem. Yes. But I think it's a, 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 a net positive, definitely, with marijuana. And of all the shit that we allow, marijuana is the least of, of your concerns. I'd be way, way more into my kids, you know, at 18, whatever, smoking weed than, than getting
1: hammered all the time drunk. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Yeah, not good. Which I, I don't understand how I, I, alcohol has no medical value at all. Yeah,
0: but let's just but right. And I'm not saying oh let's make alcohol illegal. But if you're gonna if weeds illegal, then alcohol should be too because it's way more dangerous. But right, there's no. Well, here's the medical here, here's the demonstrated medical benefit of alcohol. You get a bad cut, you can pour some alcohol on it. It might sterilize it. Okay. You know what I mean? But okay, so that's it. That shit really
1: drives me crazy.
0: That that is that's insane. It's insane that that guy. Would be in a position of power, and that's what that's what you're
1: dealing with. Yes, someone who's not an expert, right? Who is a self-proclaimed not an
0: expert, right? Yeah. Then what are you doing there? Give it. Let Joe Rogan take over as the head of the DA. He's an expert, probably. You know, he's done a lot more drugs than this guy has, I'm mm-hmm. sure, and he knows what the uh, what the benefits and, and and detriments are. On top of that, we we got an email, whatever, a couple of weeks ago about prison reform. Mm-hmm. This ties into it, like you're saying, making marijuana not a Schedule one drug, right? Why is something that's not dangerous doesn't cause people to be violent? In fact, probably causes people to be way less violent and more agreeable and amiable. Reschedule it. Let the people that are in prison for marijuana out of jail. Like, mm-hmm. this could this could be a real turning point in the country, but this guy is
1: obviously uh, a fucking doorstop and not somebody that's going to... Where well, he's not there to make the changes. They're not going to put somebody there to make any changes. Well, that's That's why it should though. not be appointed, and maybe it should be a voted in or... A new, a new way to affect, to get the DEA top guy there. Sure. Well, I mean,
0: that's maybe part of it. But I mean, the, again, like you're saying, reschedule it and let's just make it, a, uh, if you want, even a state's rights issue, fine.
1: Mm-hmm. That, Let that, people that would be the best it, way but, to do state's rights. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which, again, this is always something I'm talking about. The Republicans are just missing a, a golden opportunity there yes they're all for states rights they're all for personal freedom and take responsibility then what are you doing why are you opposing weed legalization you're out of your
1: minds that could be your way in with the youth and a lot a lot of different people you know it's like i think they're opposing it mainly because the people who give them money wouldn't want uh maybe but it's saint reagan you know it's like he
0: started the fucking war on drugs so what are they going to oppose their 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 anointed leader you know speaking of which kind of Religious children. There was a study that came out. And this is the last thing we'll do, and then we'll get into some of the clips because we, you know, we got to do our debate shit. Academics from seven universities. This is just something we're going to have a conversation yes. about a little bit because I found it really interesting. Academics from seven universities across the world studied Christian, Muslim, and non religious children to test the relationship between religion and morality. Mm-hmm. All right. This study is called The Negative Association Between Religiousness and Children's Altruism Across the World uh, in the. Publication current biology, in case you guys are uh, interested in, in looking that up. Interesting stuff. 53% of US adults think that religion or faith in God is necessary to morality. So more than half. 70% of the people in the Middle East think that's the case. Which is interesting. It shows you hmm. that, you know, obviously we talk it's not the only factor, but if we talk about the Middle East a lot. There's a lot of a lot of issues there. 70% of the people there think that religion is key to morality. Even though, if you look at the situation over there, there's a lot of violence and there's a lot of stuff that maybe you in like you would view as immoral stuff. Yes. You know. Um, all right, twelve hundred kids from the ages of five to twelve from the U.S., Canada, China, Jordan, Turkey, and South Africa were part of this study. Mm-hmm. These are some of the quotes from the study. Now, again, the the experiments that they did. That they did You can read about it if you really want to look into it, but it was like they only give 15 stickers for 20 kids. Like, how are they going to share it and all this stuff? And like, how do they react and rule following and things like that? But we don't have to get into all that, but you could look at it. These are some of the results. Overall, our findings contradict the common sense and popular assumption that children from religious households are more altruistic and kind towards others. The findings robustly demonstrate that children from households identifying as either of the two major religions, Christianity and Islam, were less altruistic than children from non-religious households. Other children, usually those with a longer—older children, excuse me— usually those with a longer exposure to religion, exhibited the greatest negative relations. Religiosity affects children's punitive tendencies. Children from religious households frequently appear to be more judgmental of others' actions. Muslim, Muslim children judged, quote, interpersonal harm as more mean than children from Christian families. Non-religious children were the least judgmental. This is this one's very interesting. Muslim children demanded harsher punishment than those from Christian or non-religious homes, which is fascinating. It's like when you look at like people that like get really extreme. Mm -hmm. What are they doing? They're demanding like a punishment from you if you don't obey the law and all this stuff. One more quote, then we can talk about it. Religious parent. This is the topper on the cake. Mm -hmm. Religious parents were more likely than others to consider their children to be more empathetic and more sensitive to the plight of others. So, yeah, of course they would. Right. So the religious parents think that their kids are more empathetic and, and everything. Turns out, no, that actually the longer you're in a religion and the more religious you are, the more likely you are to probably be mean to somebody or, or less willing to share and less altruistic. Just an interesting study. And I think it's, um, you know, Christianity and Islam are probably not even arguably the most violent throughout history mm-hmm. – uh, and those are the you know the most populated. Well, of course, right. So that that message spreads. Those people tend to be less empathetic towards other people, and so of course they're more violent and they prefer more harsh treatment and punishment,
1: things like that. Yeah, I I feel that this study is a little bit hard to swallow, especially starting with the age range of five to twelve, because how much morality would a child have? Like they're not going to go out of their way to harm somebody anyway. Well, no, but see, this is the point. So they take people five to 12
0: because the argument is that people believe that religion and morality are, they go together. They have to be together. So if you take kids that are five to 12, they don't have much life experience outside of what their parents taught them, what the church taught them. So they don't have time to develop a morality based on anything other than the religion that they're brought up in. So that's the idea. So it's like if they're actually only experiences with religion you can actually test whether that is making them more moral than kids that grew up same time frame without the religion. Like if you start bringing in people that are 30, 40 years old, now they they're getting morality from what they've read in books and what mm-hmm. they've learned from their regular everyday experience outside of a church teaching or something. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. So you have to take them at that age because that's where they're really um for like impressionable. I mean, yeah, indoctrinated into whatever religion they're in and then you can really like, you know, gauge that. Hmm. So anyway, I thought I thought that was pretty interesting. Evan, you got any thoughts about this uh, study,
1: or you, you good over there?
0: I'm chilling. I'm good. <laughs>
1: well, because here, here's the thing: how would you really gauge a child's morality based on stickers? It's again, you read the study, but it's like how just simple stuff:
0: how willing they are to share. If they tell one of the kids, bump him and see how he reacts, they might shove the kid back as opposed to be like, oh, you know, no problem. It's just reaction. So it's like you're getting kids that age because they're not ingratiated into like, societal norms at that point yet they're 5 years old, 6 years old. So they don't know that like you don't just push somebody. It's their natural reaction or it's what they think they should be doing based on what they've been taught so far. And what they've been taught so far is is in this, you know, religious context of how they behave. They're saying kids that don't have the religion don't act the same way. They act much nicer and and not as harshly, which is interesting. So what's the what's the factor? Well, the factor is the religion and what they're being taught. Why that's the case
1: I don't know. We have to do more research on the topic and figure that out. A-
0: absolutely. And on top of that, it's like, you know, the parents play a factor too, but they're religious. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like as they go longer, they become harsher. They teach the kids that. It's j- it's just very interesting how, especially when most people assume that religion makes you better. And in some cases it does probably. But in in this instance, in this study, it's saying, no, it actually, you know, is tied uh, negatively to altruism.
1: So if anything, this study proves that Maradi – is coming from somewhere rather than just religion. Uh
0: it, you could say that potential I wouldn't necessarily say that 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 proves it. But sure. Yeah. I mean yes. Yes. Potentially, right? I mean yeah, I, I don't that's the thing. Like I don't subscribe to the idea that you need religion to be moral. I don't think that's true. I think people can be born with an innate I think you are born with an innate sense one way or the other. I think it is a lot of times nurture that makes you Go well, not... Right. But I, I know for sure growing up, like I remember being young and like seeing incidents where people are fighting or whatever. It's like it, it didn't feel good to me. It didn't feel good to be. It did right. Able... Yeah, it just didn't feel right. And that, that had nothing to do with the religion. Now, if you already are kind of inclined that way and you get the right religious teaching and you kind of understand it in a, in a broader sense as opposed to it being a rule following thing, then sure, then maybe it can be beneficial. But yeah, I mean... Whatever, it's just an interesting study. So if you guys want to check it out, I gave you the title of that. And uh, that's about it. So pretty good, right, Joey? Yes. All right. You ready to get into some of these clips and things like this? You know how much I love the clips. I know you do. Uh, push a T. All right. Let me just get the, uh, the thing set up here. All right. So the first thing we're going to do is the uh, the MSNBC Democratic Forum. Again, it's just one... Hold on. Wait. Where's the video? Oh, there it is. Okay. It's just one clip uh, of Bernie Sanders because I thought it was you know, just worth playing. Mm-hmm. It's about 40 minutes into this video. I wrote, Bernie Sanders gave feisty answers on voting rights and winning the South. He was asked about, you know, how could Democrats, uh, you know, make a dent in, mm-hmm. in getting people to vote for them in the South and all this stuff. And he gave some feisty answers about it. If you want to watch it, watch it. It's not worth, like, you know, wasting a bunch of time on the show. It is what it is. The reason I wanted to play this clip this is Bernie Sanders uh, responding to a question about ISIS and, like, the, uh, the Russian plane bombing that we brought up. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, more evidence is mounting that it was a bomb. Yes. You know, we'll, we'll get into that next week possibly, but just wanted to bring it up. But anyway, it's worthwhile, uh, and let's hear what Bernie Sanders has to say about uh, this question. This is, like, maybe a minute and a half. We'll just listen to it, and then we can talk about it.
5: Got a national security issue of a different kind, this week it appears... Uh, that ISIS may have used a bomb to bring down a Russian airliner over Egypt. If that turns out to be true, it's not known yet, but if that turns out to be the case, that would mean that ISIS has crossed a new threshold uh, in terms of their ability to wreak international havoc and murder civilians. Republicans accuse President Obama of not doing enough against ISIS. That said, thousands of airstrikes against ISIS in Syria and Iraq is not nothing. Ground troops in Iraq and Syria is not nothing particularly with this bomb possibility. Should more be done against ISIS? Should the fight be ramped up? What should be done that's not being done now?
6: You're looking at a former member of Congress who listened to what Bush and Cheney had to say about going to war in Iraq. I listened carefully, I didn't believe them, and I voted against that war, which turns out to be one of the worst foreign policy disasters in the history of this country. Now, what I believe, in terms of how you deal with ISIS. I know that Saudi Arabia and all these countries, they want American ground troops to be in combat right now. I disagree. I think what this war against the barbaric ISIS organization is about is for the soul of Islam. And I think you've got a lot of Muslim countries there who are going to have to roll up their sleeves, get their troops on the ground, and start taking on ISIS in a way they have not yet done. And I think, I think also, and I feel very strongly about this, the United States has got to be supportive. So does the United Kingdom, so does France, so does Germany, so do countries all over the world who are facing threats from ISIS. What has gone on in recent years, wherever there is a military issue, the world is saying, hey, no problem. American troops, American taxpayers, they'll do it. We don't have to do anything wrong. The whole world is going to have to get involved in coalition to take on ISIS, not just the United States. And,
5: And if the world will not do it. I mean, then does that mean that there shouldn't be ground troops? Specifically speaking, do you support the deployment of ground forces, small number of special operations troops to Syria? That was announced by the White House last week. President Obama said there wouldn't be boots on the ground. There are now. Do you support that?
6: No, I do not want to see us getting sucked into a quagmire of which there may be no end.
0: Okay. Yes. Well, there you go. There's a guy that comes in, he's on the campaign trail. Marco Rubio's busy, a lot of them can't do it. Cruz, mm-hmm. hawkish, can't get involved. This guy shows up to vote against the NDAA, closing Guantanamo. He takes the time and he's right about this stuff, he's 100% right. And this is the right policy. He's yes. recognizing the path. We talked about this a lot on the show. Mm-hmm. Like everybody that's listened to the show for a long time knows Iraq, 9 11, Bush, Cheney, like that really. Drives me crazy when, when people write revisionist history. This guy was there. Mm-hmm. This guy voted correctly. He understood what was going on. And he, he had the foresight to see this is going to be a big problem. Yes. Great. And I'm really glad he had that to say. I'm glad he brings up Cheney
1: and but Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on that or you're good? He did a good job. It's just I don't understand why we don't have more people doing the same thing. Because it's harder. It's harder to pay attention and be principled about stuff like this. It's, it's easy
0: to be wrong and then later be like, I'm sorry I was wrong or mm-hmm. not even apologize. Be like, you know, That's the thing with Hillary. Hillary does that a lot where she's like, well, at the time I thought it was the right thing to do and now I don't. And then people just accept it because she's a, a good politician and she's got mm-hmm. money and it is what it is. It's harder to actually be right. Yes, You know what I mean? Like, that's the problem. We don't have people like that because it's not a job necessarily that requires you to be good at it. It just requires you to be good at raising money and have the right backers and and things like this. I really appreciate Bernie Sanders saying that. I think it's good. Now, the rest of the the forum, whatever, we don't have to really get into it. It wasn't, I didn't think, you know, it it was nothing new that you haven't heard before. But I want to say this. I wrote this note as I was watching. Hillary Clinton is a master at paying lip service. She was talking about, um, she was asked a question about cops in schools, mm-hmm. you know, uh, obviously because of all the incidents that have been happening lately. She didn't answer that question, but she name drops Walter Scott, Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner. Oh, of course. Doesn't she does. answer the school question, but she's just like, I mean, Eric Garner getting choked outside for selling cigarettes? I mean, that is crazy. Like,. Oh, applaud! Yeah, like of course, yeah, of course, it's crazy, but it's like get involved in some way. She wouldn't take a stance about the cops in school. She's like, maybe sometimes they need to be there, maybe they don't. Like, that's what I'm talking about. It's way easier to be wishy-washy. It's not easy mm-hmm. to go, I don't think that's a good idea. And then if you're wrong, you have to you have to own up to that. But yes. he turns But it's way better, way better to be wrong like in that way than to just say ah whatever and then have what happened in Iraq happen. That's a you you know yeah. it's a much bigger problem. All right. Fox Business News Republican debate. You ready to get yeah. into it, Joey? All right. As I always talk about, I have my notes that I write as I'm watching it. I don't look The live tweets. The live tweets, as I like to call it, even though they're not tweets and it's not live to anybody except me. Um, I do that. Um, you know, I make my little comments. There's some clips here and there. And then I look at other, what you know, what people have to say after the fact. But mm-hmm. all of this is done in the moment, not knowing how anybody else felt no about outside
1: stuff. No outside influences. Correct.
0: And, okay. that, and uh, really on top of that, so you didn't watch it, so you don't know what the hell's I going on. I don't know on. what the hell's going on. All right, that's fine. We'll, we'll get your fresh take on it. I want to say this. Ryan on Snapchat, uh, like almost immediately into the debate, sent me a, a picture of Rubio, and he's like, he's talking about his dad bartending
1: again. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's his go-to move. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking hilarious. But uh, all right, so that's the deal. Now again- I have a good question for you. Pl- please. I know I probably shouldn't say this or put it out there, but I'm going to. Oh, my if God. he was a bartender, does that mean he was an alcoholic? Uh, no. No.
0: No, it doesn't mean that. And really, depend, I mean, wh- where did Rubio grow up? Miami, Florida? It's mm-hmm. like if his dad was at a pretty trendy place, he's probably pulling it in on the weekends, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm just fucking around. I mean, he could have, whatever. You know, it's like he says bartender,
1: but that could be anything. That could be well, plumber, think of, well, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know? I, I want you to replace bartender with alcoholic.
0: Why? But that does, there's no <laughs> correlation between uh, being a bartender and, and getting hammered all the time. Okay. I, I just think you're off base here, Joe. Okay. Why don't you just relax? Okay, stop disparaging the bartenders of America, hardworking Americans like mm-hmm. Marco Rubio's dad, dad, who came from Cuba, worked their way up in the United States, and now have a son in the U.S. Senate, okay? Yes. Stop degrading that. All right. I will not stand for it. I will not hear another word. I have less clips this time. I have my commentary and mm-hmm. we're just going to get into it. So you're ready to get into this thing. Actually, you know what? Let's just test the volume of this thing make sure everything works out. Everybody feel comfortable, Dad? Evan, you feeling yes. good? Joey, we're comfortable? It is
2: 9 p.m. on the East Coast.
1: Shut up, Neil Cavuto. Don't pause it. It's 9 p.m.
6: 8 p.m. here inside the Milwaukee Theater. Welcome to the Republican presidential debate here on the Fox Business Network. I'm Neil Cavuto.
0: Yeah, we know who you okay. are, Neil. We got it. All right. First note I have, Trump is asked about the $15 minimum wage, which, as it turns out, is like $31,000 a year, roughly, let's say 30000 mm-hmm. a year. Can't be supportive of it, he says, because, quote, we don't win anymore. That was his actual response, quote, we don't win anymore. Taxes are too high. Wages are too high. These are things that he was saying. Mm-hmm. He, uh, it doesn't work to compete with the rest of the world. People just need to work real hard. That was Trump's answer about that. Great. They asked Carson the same question. He says, people need to be educated on the minimum wage. That's a quote. Every time it's raised, people lose jobs. I don't know if if that's true or not. I guess, logically, it makes sense. Sure, if businesses don't want to pay people more money, they let one person go, and then they can raise the wage. But whatever. That's not a reason not to do it. That can be worked out. He says, if you lower wages, there are more jobs. Right. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily matter. Like His big concern is that Let's just have more people employed. It doesn't matter if that actually
1: makes a difference in their life or not, but let's just get people,
0: you know, like that doesn't, that doesn't make sense logically.
1: A a term I like to use is a living wage.
0: Well, of course. Right. He doesn't care. He say, and he didn't say this, but obviously based on that, he just wants more people to have jobs. Uh Doesn't matter whether the the money's raised or not. Right. He doesn't care about a living wage. That's what he's talking about. People need to, quote, ascend the ladder of opportunity. We shouldn't be thinking, quote, how to give them everything and keep them dependent. See, so how can he hold those two ideas in his head? First of all, if you're going to just try to get people jobs, no matter what they're being paid, they're going to have to be dependent on something because they're going to need some kind of supplemental something from somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. If they don't have enough money to live, even though they're working full time— what are they supposed to do about that then why bother even working right it's like it doesn't make sense Yes, you might as well do something illegal that you can make more money or whatever it is until you get caught right then he also says ascend the ladder of opportunity fine but some people that are working at McDonald's is always the 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 go to the the go to thing some of them that is the job they're going to have right Mm -hmm. the reality is some people are not going to work their way up the ladder and become the president of McDonald's like that's that's silly sometimes people that is what they're capable of doing sometimes there's people that maybe they're capable of a little more a little less whatever but they don't want the responsibility of it so they just work at mcdonald's fine you you can't Mm -hmm. assume that that's just a stepping stone for everyone that works there right and if you want to say it like that and you don't want to raise the minimum wage fine but then don't complain that there's people that need assistance because Mm -hmm. you're not
1: what do you want them to do they're either going to get that or just be homeless? What do you want? Well, the, the one thing that I always like to look at is, where well, are the jobs, too, because you have to be in an environment where you are able to hold that job and make a living and do all that stuff.
0: Oh, I, of course. Well, right, it's quality of life. I mean, I, I wrote this down. I said, if you're, gonna raise, if you're not going to raise the minimum wage, you have to balance out the low wage with health care, benefits, time mm. off, things like that, because then they also complain, well, these kids aren't being raised right, or whatever. Well, yeah, because their parents are never there because they have to work twenty hours a day to even make un- enough money to pay for them. Yeah, it's obvious. It's obvious, and it's, it's they're obviously missing the point. That that should be pretty obvious. Now, Marco Rubio, everybody's favorite uh, son of a bartender, has is asked the same question. We might as well listen to him uh, discuss it. This is Marco Rubio on the minimum wage.
6: Rubio, you called the recent Democratic debate in Las Vegas a night of giveaways, including free health care, free college, and a host of other government-paid benefits.
0: Yeah, and how dare Democrats even remotely imply that people who are citizens of the United States should be, you know... Educated? Educated and healthy. Yes. Not on my... Nope, not on my watch. If you want health care and you want education... You better work for it because there is no benefit to being an American. Absolutely nothing. You get nothing. You get you the, get taxed. You, you get them. Yeah, you get taxed and you get the military. And if you don't like it, move to Canada. You fucking hippie.
6: Since you aren't a fan of all they're giving away, tell us tonight what you would take back. Well, let-
0: good question, Cavuto. I want to say this also. Yes. Well, well, first question here cavuto did a good job i think they did a nice job the moderators again after the whole kerfuffle after the last shit where they were like upset about the questions oh, the moderators? Yeah. yeah they did a pretty good job with this this was probably the most sub- substantive debate i think in terms of them talking about actual policy and stuff like that it wasn't a particularly exciting one mm-hmm. a little bit of skirmishes here and there which i think i have uh, clipped out that we can listen to um everybody did pretty well your boy the overweight governor of new jersey chris christie was on the baby debate beforehand i didn't watch that Mm -hmm. apparently did well but it gave people like Rand paul an opportunity to step up and i think this was by far Rand paul's best debate i think Mm -hmm. he had a good showing uh cruz actually had it like together on this debate he came to play bush i think did a nice job so we'll, we'll get into all that stuff but i just want to set the table there rubio on the other hand while everyone else was doing well, I think makes him look a little worse because he didn't do anything outstanding during this debate. You know? Oh, He didn't stand out. He stood out last time because everybody else was yeah, in clown shoes. But Yeah, I gotcha. All right, so Marco Rubio, continue talking about the minimum wage. What, what would you take away from Americans, sir?
4: Let me begin by answering both the first question and this one because they're related. As I've said many times before, my parents were never rich people. My father was a bartender. My, <laughs> my mother was a maid. They worked for a living, but they were successful people. Because despite the fact that they weren't well-educated and had those jobs, they made enough money to buy a home in a safe and stable neighborhood.
0: Right, but with a living wage, probably, right? Yes. What, was your dad bartending, you know, 70 hours a week? Come on.
4: Retire with dignity. Leave all four of their children better off than themselves. We call that the American dream, but in fact, it's a universal dream of a better life that people have all over the world. It is a reminder that every country in the world has rich people. What makes America special? is that we have millions and millions of people that are not rich, that through hard work and perseverance are able to be successful. The problem is that today people are not successful working hard as ever because the economy is not providing jobs that pay enough. If I thought that raising the minimum wage was the best way to help people increase their pay, I would be all for it, but it isn't.
0: (laughs) See, this is like this crazy 1984 type speak. Where it's, Listen, if I thought giving people money would make them have more money, I'd do it, but it's not the way to do it. Mm-hmm. How does that make any sense? If you give people fucking more money, they will have more money. Yes.
4: In the 21st century, it's a disaster. If you raise the minimum wage, you're going to make people more expensive than a machine. And that means all this automation that's replacing jobs and people right now is only going to be accelerated. But Here's the it- best He's In a sense, right. he's
0: right. He's right technically, but he's acting as though you can't do anything about that. You know how you do something about that? You may put regulation on corporations to to force the issue. Mm-hmm. If they want to threaten that they're going to leave the United States, leave then. If you want to talk tough, talk tough to the people that are are making out on the, the unequal society. Mm-hmm. Work in favor like they talk about hardworking Americans. You're not in favor of hardworking Americans because if you were, you would understand that giving hardworking Americans more money for working hard would mean they have more money. You yes. have to stop pretending that there's nothing you can do about the fact that, look, corporations are untouchable behemoths that we cannot do anything about. If they don't want to give you health care and they don't want to pay you, they'll just pay the Chinese to do it. Fuck you. You can do something about that. Stop pretending like you can't. And that's what really annoys me about a lot of these answers
4: way to raise wages make america the best place in the world to start a business or expand an existing business
0: yeah everybody is going to start a business you know like this is what i'm saying like i understand that that's that's a conservative principle and great yes people should be encouraged to start a business it'd be nice to own your own business and be able to create jobs and do do all this stuff create wealth and, and work for yourself that's that's great not everyone is capable of doing that not everybody that's capable of doing that wants to do that. You know, like...
1: And also stop. the other thing would be they would come to a point where there'd be too many businesses and eventually some of them would have to fail a- because it's competition. Right. And then what do you do, do with those with the ones people? who fail. Right. You need a safety net
0: for them, but no, we can't have a safety net because that's giving to takers. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. See, this is the thing. It's a lot of the circular logic stuff, but when you play it out, it sounds good, but when you play it out,
4: it just Nothing doesn't changes. make sense. Right tax reform and regulatory reform, bring our debt under control, fully utilize our energy resources so we can reinvigorate um, manufacturing, repeal and replace Obamacare.
0: He always says repeal and replace Obamacare. How's that going to, I mean, that again, that's a thing where it's like, well, we gave people insurance, but fucking Obama. Now, now these businesses can't even afford these people. Well, figure it out, work a way around it. Then like, People need healthcare. That yes. that's obvious. Like everybody in the United States in my opinion should be entitled to a base level of housing and healthcare and like human dignity. That's mm-hmm. just how it works. Otherwise, what is the benefit of living in the United States? Some people can reap the benefits, but then there's just this whole underclass of people that are going to live like everybody else in the rest of the world, especially because of shit like the TPP and things mm-hmm. like that where the standard for what constitutes, uh, you know, work and, and what you should get paid for that is going to be just a universal thing around the world. And there's going to be two unequal halves of, the, of this country, and that, that's what we're seeing play out here. And these policies don't make a difference to no, help they anybody. There,
4: higher education faster and easier to access, especially vocational training. For the life of me, I don't know why we have stigmatized vocational education. Welders make more money than philosophers. We need more welders and less philosophers.
1: You got to yeah, that's interesting. What? Uh, that he's claiming that welders make more money than philosophers. Why is it interesting? Because it's uh, it, it's interesting because it's it's like you're being taught to do something, but there's only going to be so many well, well, you can only have so many welders in in the community. Sure. Well, of course, uh, right? Uh, of course. And then you're also downplaying the fact of someone being intelligent and thinking. Well. Well, well, of course. We'll see, but that's, again, that's like a pander to, you know, vocation. And he's right to an
0: extent about that. Trade schools and things like that, fine. That, that's valid. A lot of that stuff is going to be automated, and that, that's going to be a problem. What's interesting that I, that I like that he brings up, wh- what is it about people that go into trades? W- what is often a word that follows trade? A trade what? Union. Mm-hmm. What are they totally against? Unions. Unions. But that's what makes the quality of life work and why those people are able to live doing that trade because there's a goddamn there's union, a union attached to it. No, we'll ignore that part of that sentence, right? Electricians, plummeters, there's all unions. That's the thing that makes it work. Yeah. He's not going to acknowledge that part. But he is right to an extent. Like, yeah, we should, we should emphasize trades, uh, you know, vocational training, things yes. like that, of course.
4: And if we do that... And if we do this... If we do this, we will be able to increase wages for millions of Americans and we will be able to leave everyone better off without making anyone worse off.
0: Sure, that's not that's not as Ben Carson say pie in the sky. Yeah, everybody in America is going to be better off. Better off on their own business, everything's going to be perfect. There will literally be no poor people. That's insanity. Everybody
1: that, gets elected.
0: Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, write this down. It's five thirteen on Thursday, uh, mm-hmm. November twelfth. Marco Rubio has the plan to fix America. A hundred percent. Everybody's gonna be fine. All right. So here we go. Then I wrote, Cruz came to play tonight. Clear answers uh, on how to create jobs. I don't have the clip. It doesn't matter if you watched it, you saw it. But I'm just saying, Cruz did a nice job, and he wasn't like playing around. This is this one really annoyed me, and this isn't based on a candidate. It's about Maria Bartiromo, one of the one of the. Uh, moderators of this thing. Oh, what did she do? Well, I'm going to tell you. Maria Bartiromo says, quote, almost 40% of Americans are without a job and are not looking. Many have given up. That's what the participation rate tells us. I don't know why I read it. I'm just going to play it. Hold on.
2: Almost 40% of Americans are without a job and are not looking. Many have given up. That's what the participation rate tells us.
0: All right. Bush, this is a question to Jeb. I wrote, Bush showed up stronger here so far Uh, Demands many rules that Obama put in place get repealed, and then he goes after Hillary. I thought his answers were pretty solid. The unemployment rate is 5.5%. This is is what I want to get to. The Wall Street Journal, who co-hosted this debate, put out an article because Trump said that 42% 42 of Americans are, are without a job or not looking and things like that. Okay, so they're saying like almost half the country doesn't have a job and isn't looking. The Wall Street Journal wrote an article, there's a quote from them. The reason is that the U.S. has 46 million people aged 16 and over, and another 10 million teenagers. Now, many people in these ages do work, but is it useful to think of most high school students and retirees as unemployed? The labor force statistics begin at age 16. Even Mr. Trump isn't counting babies or middle schoolers among the unemployed. In their prime working years, close to 80% of Americans have jobs. Breaking this chart down by age also reveals something significant. Men are more likely to work than women. There's an obvious reason for this, too. Many women choose to stay home to take care of their children. Now, the Wall Street Journal, oh. which is co-hosting this debate, this idiot puts forth that 40% of Americans aren't looking for a job. Yeah, because there's a bunch of people that are retired already, so they're not looking for a job. And there's people that are in high school that are not looking for a job. So if you factor that in, it's not 40%. You're being insane. Yeah, it's... It's it's just misleading, but meanwhile, they're going <laughs> to yeah, complain about these fucking debate questions. That's a goddamn softball with incorrect information.
1: Well, yes. But also, what's misleading is the 5.5 unemployment, right? That in itself is misleading. A
0: little bit, but it's not 40%. It's not, it's not 40%. That correct. So, Okay. Meanwhile, then they complained last time, oh, although the media is liberal. Does Maria ba- Maria Bartiromo, dollars to donuts, votes Republican. I mean, c- c- come on. Yes, she, that's, a, that's a lob pitch. She's using a lie to, to ask a question. Rand Paul brings up a nice point about how low or even the potential of negative interest rates imposed by the Fed are hurting ordinary Americans' ability to make and save money, which leads to income inequality. Great point. Mm-hmm. I think Rand Paul did a really nice job here. Carson says... He has no problem being vetted, but he doesn't like being lied about. And then he hits Hillary about lying about Benghazi, which is pathetic. Then I uh, okay, so now here we go. We're getting uh, approaching another clip here. Trump is talking about the fucking wall again. "Quote: We're a country of laws." Kasich jumps in and says to think about the children and that we can't ship 11 mi- million people out of the U.S., which he's right about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not going to play with the Republican base at all. It's a terrible move. Trump retorts with saying Dwight Eisenhower threw one million people out of the country. Kasich and Trump go back and forth. It's a waste of time. Neither one of them is going to be president. Meanwhile, Kasich is right, but whatever. All right. Trump and Kasich wrap up ends in booze for Trump. Bush shows up with some pizzazz and logic. And here we go. Wait, damn it, Joey. Hold on. Okay
7: sir they, don't, they they really don't work when it comes to the truth so the fact is all i'm suggesting Look. we can't ship 11 million people out of this country children would be terrified and okay. it will okay. not okay. work have, thank we we you had the the of mr House trump you've had a
8: good can i let a me just let build an unbelievable company worth billions and billions of dollars Ms. i don't have to hear from this Ms. man mr. believe me <laughs> i don't have to hear from him mr
7: trump
0: uh uh sticks running thin trumpy mm-hmm.
7: Mr. Trump, you yourself you yourself said let uh, Governor Bush speak. Governor Bush. Thank you, Donald, for allowing me to speak at the debate. That's really nice of you. Really appreciate it. Oh, that. shit.
0: <laughs> Bush showing some spunk. Everybody loves a comeback story, Joe, and yes. I think this is uh, the beginning of old Jeb Bush's comeback. He's rising like a phoenix.
7: What a generous man you are. 12 million illegal immigrants to, to send them back. 500,000 a month. It's just not not possible and it's not embracing american values and it would tear communities apart and it would send a signal that we're not the kind of country that i know america is and even having this conversation sends a powerful signal they're doing high fives in the clinton campaign right now when they hear this that's the problem with this
0: okay so bush strong yes right? that's nice i think i think that's the right tact He adopted Christie's thing, because Christie's not there, so he's going to be the one that kind of brings up the fact that Hillary, Hillary, Mm -hmm. Fiorina does it a little bit, but she's like, you want to watch me innovate a debate? Like, shut up. But Bush took it on, and I think it it worked for him. I think he did a nice job there, especially at a time when Trump is getting booed. Yeah, jump in there, and if you got something nice to say- It makes you look even better. Yeah, you score some points. Rubio believes Obamacare, quote, can be repealed and replaced. I think he's wrong about that. He's doubling down on that. He keeps saying it all the time. Mm You're not going to, that's not going to happen. It's because it's working in a lot of, for a lot of people. Yes. For some people, it's not. And I'm not saying it's a flawless thing. It's not something that I preferred. I prefer to everybody gets Medicare kind of situation. It's not how it works, but he's not going to be able to repeal Obamacare. It's just not going to happen. All right. 35 minutes in cruise on immigration. He's having a nice start. Kind of eats Trump's lunch here, is what I wrote. So let's oh. uh, let's take a look ski. Look ski. Why don't you just kick me right in the shin? Uh, we'll listen to what. Cruz has to say. Let me just find the clip. Excuse me. Here we go. Laughing. Because oh, wait. Republicans... Let me go back. I don't know what he said there. Hold
2: now, on. I want to go back to the discussion we had a minute ago because, you know, what was said was right. The Democrats are laughing. Because if Republicans join Democrats as the party of amnesty, we will lose.
0: I don't necessarily... I, I mean, see, that's... Okay, let's stop him there. Because mm-hmm. this is the problem with the Republican primary. It's not true. If, I think there's probably a lot of people, reasonable people in the United States, that understand you can't just ship 11 million people out of the country. Yes, it's not They positive. do a lot of the jobs that – no, they're not taking jobs from American workers. They are the jobs that American workers don't want to do or can't do in a lot of cases. There was a Vice documentary that they showed, or I think it was Alabama, but don't quote me on that, but it was like mm-hmm. a, 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 you know a state like that. And they got rid of all the illegal immigrants guess what happened? Their agriculture businesses collapsed because they would get prisoners to like do the work or they would get white people to do the work. And they literally just couldn't do it. They they could not do the work. So they had to bring all the immigrants back because they were like, you're the only ones that can do this watermelon job Mm -hmm. for real. I mean, that's that's literally the truth. I disagree with them here. And that's the reason why Republicans are probably not going to get elected president, because they don't appeal to a larger audience. They appeal to a certain percentage of poor whites. And that's it and really wealthy people Mm -hmm.
1: and you
2: know I understand that when the mainstream media covers immigration it doesn't often see it as an economic issue but I can tell you for a million of Americans at home watching this it is a very personal economic issue and I will say the politics of it would be very very different if a bunch of lawyers or bankers were crossing the Rio Grande. Or if a bunch of people with journalism degrees were coming over and driving down the wages in the press. Yeah,
0: great, great point. Applause, great point. Yeah.
2: Then we would see stories about the economic calamity that is befalling our nation. And I will say for those of us who believe people ought to come to this country legally and we should enforce the law, we're tired of being told it's anti-immigrant. It's offensive.
0: Well, I mean, strictly speaking it is anti-immigrant cuz you don't want immigrants here. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. <laughs> like I I'm not like I'm not one of those people that's like you you can't say immigrant. It's a hurtful word. Like no, that's what they are, but c- come on. You're if you don't want them here, you're anti-immigrant. Like th- yes. don't be stupid.
2: I am the son oh, here we go. of an immigrant who came legally from Cuba to seek the American uh-huh. dream. And we can embrace legal immigrations while believing in the rule of law. And I would note: try going illegally to another country, try going to China or Japan, try going to Mexico. See what they do. Every sovereign nation secures its borders, and it is not compassionate to say we're not going to enforce the laws and we're going to drive down the wages for millions of hard-working men and women. That is abandoning the working man.
0: Yeah, it's abandoning the working man. Sure, but I mean, we've t- whatever. I don't have to get into it again. But it's it's really funny too that they only bring up other countries. Like, oh, you want to be like Mexico is great at keeping people out, like because yeah, nobody is sneaking into Mexico. Like mm-hmm. you're making a crazy argument. But then when Bernie Sanders is like, Norway has a great healthcare system. Yeah. Then they're like, oh, yep. you mentioned a, a different place. How dare you? you know, whatever. All right. Carson and Trump go back and forth on Carson's tithing tax plan. We've seen this before. Carson says you have to get rid of all tax deductions and loopholes, loopholes, but plans on putting in a poverty line rebate system, which is just putting a deduction or loophole on the back end of the thing. So it's like, mm-hmm. as opposed to taking less taxes, you're going to take all the taxes, but then you're also going to have a poverty exception. So it's like, that doesn't really make sense. Rand Paul had a pretty good debate so far. Allowed to talk without being assailed by Trump, which is nice. I'll say this. I skimmed the part specifically about taxes because I think it's fairly easy to find out how these people feel about taxes and the tax code. It's been covered and it will be covered At again. Length. Right? It, we're going to get into it again. Rubio is for a, quote, pro-family tax code. Now, I have a good good clip here. Rand and Rubio go back and forth on conservatism. Rubio bails out of it and brings up the military. The crowd, yeah, the crowd predictably likes it. This is Rand Paul's best moment so far of this campaign because he doesn't back down. It's probably not going to matter, but good for Rand Paul. And I think again, Rand Paul is the type of guy that I can kind of, I can get behind some of his policies, but he's not. He's not going to be president. Okay, 54 minutes in. Let's listen to this. interaction and again i think this is where rubio kind of shows his his uh, weakness yeah his weakness he's, he's he's not great he's just good enough in a lot of ways and he's likable enough that i think people are going to dump money on him and, mm-hmm. and and see what happens all right so this is the little interaction between rand and rubio about conservatism i think it's an interesting point um,
9: Neil, a point that i'd like to make about the tax credits We have to decide what is conservative and what isn't conservative. Is it fiscally conservative to have a trillion dollar expenditure? We're not talking about giving people back their tax money. He's talking about giving people money they didn't pay. It's a welfare transfer payment. So here's what we have. Is it conservative to have a trillion dollars in transfer payments, a new welfare program that's a refundable tax credit? Add that. To Marco's plan for a trillion dollars in new military spending, and you get something that looks to me not very conservative. Thank you. Governor
7: Kasich. No, Let me sorry. come to Governor Kasich. No, Governor Kasich. Me. I was, yes, sir. I, excuse me. Yes, I, need, one, I get one, to respond.
0: We, oh, yeah, that dummy Kasich. Man, a guy who I've had not a lot of problem with, uh, you know, for the most part. Mm-hmm. He uh, had an embarrassing debate. I mean, just yelling, "Please let me get in here! Like I need to! Like, come on, man! You're in eighth place. You know the reality.
1: You're Do getting you re- dumped re- to the next table, son. Yeah,
0: yes, exactly. Did that? That was the t- exactly that was the type of performance. They're gonna be all right. You got to go sit at the kid's table. This yep. is enough. That was the type of performance it was. You got to know. Come on, take your spot, and that's it. You can't just keep interrupting. He looked like a real moron during this debate.
4: Very quickly, Senator. No, I get my sixty seconds to respond. Quickly, He's talking please. about my tax plan. Please. So let me begin with this. I actually believe first of all this is their money they do pay it is refundable not just against the taxes they pay to the government but also the on their federal income tax it's refundable against the payroll tax everyone pays payroll tax this is their money this is not our money and here's what i don't understand if you invest that money in a piece of equipment if you invest that money in a business you get to write it off your taxes but if you invest it in your children in the future of america in strengthening your family we're not going to recognize that in our tax code. The family is the most important institution in Nevertheless, society. Nevertheless, it's And not yes, very I do want to rebuild the American military. It I know that Rand is a committed isolationist. I'm not. I believe the world <laughs> is a stronger and a better place. <laughs> when the. Huh. See, the
0: crowd boos that part because now he just stopped talking about taxes altogether because he doesn't want to get into the specifics of that. And now he just starts talking about the military. Yeah, it's a deflection. Yeah, it's a deflection, but it doesn't. Uh, I don't think it plays out in his. Well, I, whatever. Let's just watch it, then we can talk about it. The United
9: States
4: is the strongest military power
9: in the world. Marco, Marco, how is it conservative? How is it conservative to add a trillion dollar expenditure for the federal government that you're not because paying for? How is it are you conservative? About the rant? How is it conservative?
0: Well, uh, are you talking about the military rant? Like, see, this guy just. But this is also why he succeeds because it's like buzzword, buzzword, buzzword. Bartender, military. Yeah
9: to add a trillion dollars in military expenditures. You cannot be
4: a conservative if you're going to keep promoting new programs that you're not going to pay for. I may respond more quickly. Yeah, quickly we can't even have an economy if we're not safe. There are radical jihadists in the Middle uh, East beheading uh, crucifying right? Christians. A radical Shia cleric in Iran trying to get a nuclear weapon.
1: Uh, he got the Chinese for...
4: taking over the South China Sea. Of yes, I believe the world is a safer... No, no, I don't believe. I know that the world is a safer and better place when America is the strongest military power on the, in the world.
0: Meanwhile, we are by thousands, uh, like, times a hundred. You know what I mean? It's like That's we are still always going to be the strongest military power in the world. Stop stop it. But red meat, they love it.
9: Okay. I, don't think, I don't think we're any safer... I do not. Uh, think he's going to do any... it. Yeah, it's a good response. He's going to do he it. He did a good job, Rand. Safer from bankruptcy court. As we go further and further. See, into... I, I disagree.
0: this is where I did deviate, I think, from libertarianism. Like, I th- I, of course, you don't want to run up too much of a debt because then you're you're indebted to a lot of mm-hmm. you know, China or whatever it is. And it does hurt then in terms of inflation, like he talked about earlier with negative interest rates and all this stuff. But we're not going to go back. Like, it's an imaginary number at mm-hmm. a certain point. I, I just don't – I don't believe – I could be wrong, but I just don't believe that it matters in the grand scheme of things. I really don't.
9: Debt, we become less and less safe. This is the most important thing we're going to talk about tonight. Can you be a conservative and be liberal on military spending? Can you be for unlimited military spending and say, oh, I'm going to make the country safe? No, we need a safe country but you know we spend more on our military than the next 10 countries combined i want a strong national defense but i don't want us to be bankrupt
0: all right so great I li- I li- yeah i like that Rand stuck with that again i think that's probably his best moment so far of the campaign and he's right i mean st- if you're going to be conservative fiscally supposedly that includes dumping trillions of dollars into the military yes. for all these programs You have to be, you have to really mean it when you say it. And I I like that Rand kind of held his foot to the fire there. Fiorina keeps bringing up zero based budgeting and tax reform. What is that? Yeah, I was going to, I literally wrote, nobody knows what that means. What it actually means is that you start with the new budget every year as opposed to adding or subtracting incrementally based on last year's numbers. So if last year's budget was $1,000. You could assume that next year's budget's probably going to be close to a 1000 but you go, Uh yeah. oh, Joey, you know what? Joey needed another, you know, he might need another laptop or another microphone or whatever, so we'll make it a 1005 No, she wants you to start over every year and, like, figure it all out again to prevent this, like, kind of incremental, you know. I don't see how that would help, but... Uh. Well, it can help. I mean, strictly speaking, it would help because you would go, you're only going to put in what you need. You're not going to assume that... You need everything you had last year, plus more. you know what I mean? Oh, but it's more time consuming, obviously, and it's like a lot more strenuous than it needs to be okay, but so that that's her big idea, which she keeps bringing up whatever i we don't have to listen to her talk. Trump on the t p p fascinating that Trump actually brings this up. I'll play it. Because you never hear it. You never hear anybody bring it up. The problem is he brings it up wrong, pretty much. (laughs) Of course he does. Uh, Okay, so this is Trump talking about the TPP.
7: More than 50 years of U.S. trade policy. The
8: TPP is a horrible deal.
0: Okay, well, look, I at least like that he mentioned (laughs) it. Wow. Now, there's a lot of people listening that are like, what the fuck is the TPP? Samsonites know what we're talking about. Yes, they do.
8: It is a deal that is going to lead to nothing but trouble. It's a deal that was designed for China to come in, as they always do.
0: Actually, China's not involved in the TPP. That's <laughs> right, just let but him that, go with it. But that's, that's fine. like <laughs> that go with it. See, that, that's the problem with him. He's, I was like, wow, look at this. And I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> through
8: the back door and tro- totally take advantage of everyone. It's 5,600 pages long. So complex that nobody's read it.
0: Well, nobody read it because nobody's allowed to read it, big guy. And he's right by default on this one. It's oh, I'm like Obamacare. Give it to Nobody
8: right, ever fine. read it. They passed it. Nobody read it. Had to look at the mess we have right now.
0: And it will be repealed. But- no, it will not. <laughs> They're not going to appeal Obamacare. Stop saying that. It's crazy. They've tried to do it like 50 times. The Supreme Court's like, no, you can't. You can't do it. Yeah, let's. OK, that's what we're going to do.
8: This is one of the worst trade deals. And I would, yes, rather not have it. With all of these countries and all of the bad ones getting advantage and taking advantage
0: of what the good ones would normally get, yeah. I'd rather make Doesn't, individual I mean, deals. See, he's, just, he's, just, he's talking just talking out of his ass on it, but at least he, at least he brought <laughs> it up. I'm just going to give him points on that. All right. Rand fucks up Trump. This has been several debates in the making. Rand expands on trade deals here. Deals here Looks good in this debate. And I honestly hope it helps because I'd rather have Rand Paul be a guy that's getting more s- s- time here yes. because his ideas are way closer to something that I could support than a lot of these other guys up there. And I believe what Rand's saying a lot of the time. All right. So now we know Trump's been hammering Rand Paul debate after debate. Do you mind, Rand? Yeah. You yeah. want to shut your mouth, Rand? <laughs> He's been. F- okay. So now Rand Paul jumps in and I think for the first time hammers Trump, and uh, good for him for
8: our country. We are losing jobs like nobody's... Uh, ever meanwhile, lost Trump's yet. been
0: talking for minutes here, just, just rambling. I, just I mean, to just saying up talking. nothing.
1: Why doesn't the bell just go off?
0: It did. He just talks through it. <laughs> it's crazy. He just says nothing. For, I
9: want to bring jobs back into this country. Hey, Gerard, you know, we might want to point out China's not part of this deal.
0: Yeah.
7: <laughs> true. It's true. Yeah. That's
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, awesome. let it slowly build. Yeah, See, the yeah, reason yeah. the reason nobody cared is because nobody knows what the fuck the TPP is. They're not yeah, because no, no nobody talks about it. But great, great job. And I also like that he goes, uh, "Hey moderator, why don't you point out that he's totally wrong about that?" Yeah.
9: Before we get
7: a little bit, off filter,
9: oh,
0: I also like this. See, they play the music. They were looking to go to commercial. Yeah. Iran forces the issue here.
7: Isn't that part of the problem, if I may say, Senator? That if that if this deal
2: is not ratified by uh, by the U.S. by the Senate, then it would actually give
7: China an opportunity to grow its economic leadership, which it's been seeking to do. And if the U.S. is unable to pay, take part in this trade,
0: see, this is what's interesting. See, Rand Paul brings Trump brings up something that's not, you know, let's say uh, not scripted. Even though I know mm-hmm. it's not scripted, but it's like, oh, that came out of left field. Rand Paul knows what he's talking about, jumps in on it. And this moderator here is like, oh, fuck, we're going to talk about something. They're, real, they're we're gonna gonna talk, let's do it.
9: Deal with these countries in Asia. China will take the lead. There is an argument that China doesn't like the deal because in us doing the deal, we'll be trading with their competitors. You're exactly right. But I think we've sort of missed the point a little bit here. There is an important point, though, about how we discuss these trade treaties. that I do agree with Mr. Trump on we should negotiate from a position of strength. And we also should negotiate using the full force and the constitutional power that was given to us. I think it's a mistake that we give up power to the presidency on these trade deals. We give up the power to filibuster, and I'm kind of fond of that power. We give up the power to amend, and I think really one of the big problems Mm -hmm. we have in our –
0: We've talked about that, where they give up their ability to – it's a straight up or down. That's it. Yeah.
9: Country is over the last century, really. So much power has gravitated to the executive branch. Really, Congress is kind of a bystander. We don't write the rules. We don't make the laws. The executive branch does. So even in trade, and I am for trade, I think we should be careful about giving so much power to the presidency. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Cindy. Well, well, coming up, the biggest
2: threat facing...
0: Oh, okay, so that's it there. Yeah, great job. He hits Trump with the, like, making him look stupid that doesn't know what the fuck China is involved or not. Uh, I'm trying to look here. We don't want to have too much more to go. Uh, I tried my hardest, guys, to try to... <laughs> I know, it was five a little bit less. It just, it's five minutes less. we fine. I know. Well, every I'll just keep doing five minutes less than by the, the 19th debate. It'll only be a two-hour episode. All right. Uh, Carson shows that he has almost zero idea what to do in terms of foreign policy. This is a little bit of a longer clip, but you got to listen to it because this is a guy that people are considering a fucking frontrunner, and he clearly doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. So let's just listen to Ben Carson get, get through this.
2: In Iraq and against a large military force in Afghanistan, do you support the president's decision to now put 50 special ops forces in Syria and leave 10,000 U.S. troops in Afghanistan?
3: Well, putting the special ops people in there is better than not having them there because they – that's why they're called special ops. They're actually able to guide some of the other things that we're doing there.
0: What? Go ahead, you mean? I don't know what there. he's talking about. Well, yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about either. It's obvious he, he – and that is going to be the problem, I think, for these guys, even though it appears to be a boon for them at the beginning here that they're not political insiders and all this stuff. But if you're not really actually, like, involved in the government or you have something, like, you don't understand how foreign policy really works. You know what I mean? This guy's a neurosurgeon. That's his area of expertise. He doesn't uh-huh. have time to pay attention to what's complicated Middle East strategy and all this stuff. That, that's an issue. And Trump is obviously, you know, shows that he doesn't uh-huh. know what he's talking about as far as that's concerned either.
3: And what we have to recognize is that Putin is trying to really spread his influence throughout the Middle East. This is going to be his base and we have to oppose him there in an effective way we also must recognize that it's a very complex place you know the chinese
0: yeah we got it we understand that the middle east is a complex place this is what i'm saying it's like You've been saying that for 20 years we got
3: it these are there as well as the russians and you have all kinds of factions there what we've been doing so far Uh, is very ineffective, but we can't give up ground right there. But we have to look at this on a much more global scale. We're talking about global jihadists and their desire is to destroy us and to destroy our way of life. So we have to be saying, how do we make them look like losers? Because that's the way that they're able to gather a lot of uh, influence. And Can you believe this? I mean, this is this
0: guy's a front runner. I mean, this yes. is this is foreign foreign policy. Like, we have to make them look like losers. That was that clip we played a long time ago about Cory Booker and them being like, "Can we get better at social media to kind of like make mm-hmm. them feel like get some mean memes?" That's what he's talking about, kind of. Yes. It's,
3: it's crazy. I think in order to make them look like losers, we have to destroy their caliphate. And you look for uh, the oh my, like what is he saying?
0: They don't have a caliphate. What caliphate do they have? I, I That's their know. goal. They want to create a caliphate. They don't want to destroy America. I mean, maybe eventually, but they want to just create a place where they can live. Meanwhile, we, we listened to their leaked budget a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. They, they're not what we're saying they are. It's a fantasy that this guy's living in. This is pie in the sky.
3: Yes. easiest place to do that, it would be in Iraq. And if outside when? of Anbar in Iraq, there's a big energy field take that from them take all of that land from them we could do that i believe fairly easily
0: is that crazy he's saying invade iraq yes and take over the oil fields and it'll be fairly easy what lessons are these people going to fucking learn
1: none it never it hasn't happened you before can't it hasn't happened before go
0: into iraq and it will not be easy. Are you out of your goddamn mind?
1: But you have the special are ops. You're trained to do that.
0: Crazy. Right. Yeah. 47 special ops guys in Syria are going to be able Like, do you understand? This is a rambling, dangerous answer. Yes. It's if you listen to this and think that in any way this makes sense, you're dangerous. And this guy, and then this guy's dangerous because it's a, not a. It's, Can we please let him
3: finish? Yeah, he's only got oh. a couple of seconds. Let left him finish. There. All right. I've learned from talking to several generals.
0: Yeah, he's talked to several generals. Yes, sure. he has. Yeah, me, me too. I, 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 we were over at uh, Chipotle the other last day. last week. Chipotle. We sat down with yeah. the. Uh, and General. then
3: you move on from there, but you have to continue to face them because our goal is not to contain them but to destroy them before they destroy us.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, that is that that is. Inf- I mean, that is very frustrating to listen to. Yes, it it's is. It's crazy. It's just not, it's not, it just doesn't make
1: any sense as an answer. Well, the the sad thing is they have millions of people watching this debate, I'm assuming. Yeah. And the poll numbers, they're not going to drop. Like, he should we'll drop it. We'll see. A I lot. don't know. We'll
0: see what happens. I mean, well, right. I mean, when you hear something like that, you should be very concerned, especially yes. uh, in a Republican primary, they're very concerned about foreign policy mm-hmm. and military and things like that. That's a dangerous answer. And if it doesn't affect him, that shows you the political illiteracy of that base. That's the problem. You can't hear that and think that that made any sense. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's so dissonant to what the reality is that it's, it's terrifying. Bush says the biggest threat facing America today is Islamic fundamentalism. Fine. That Obama doesn't believe in American leadership and that there's a caliphate the size of Indiana growing stronger every day. We looked at their budget, remember? Yes. That's not true. Also says Americans are being lured to join ISIS. 58 in four years, remember? Yeah. So these are things that they're putting out there that just simply are, you know, they're just not true.
1: But you have millions of people watching it and taking it for uh, Absolutely,
0: because millions of people are not listening to this podcast. so They don't know the reality. Can we please fix that? uh yes yeah, uh, get get involved share share this thing around also a lot of these guys feel like russia is trying to exert its influence in the middle east by getting involved with iraq and syria they say russia wasn't in the picture at all but now they are russia was in a goddamn quagmire in afghanistan from 79 to 89 that never happened yeah it didn't happen let and billy joe them... never sang that. <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say russian did afghanistan let them get involved that's the thing let them get involved Fine. We get, we'll get out of there. We'll tiptoe our way out like we've talked
1: about. And have somebody else. I'll let the Russians deal with <laughs> it.
0: Let them get involved in the fucking spider's web that's over there. Trump can't answer real questions about Russia and how he'd handle what's going on in Syria. He talks about North Korea, China, and other places, but never really answers a question because he can't. Bush jumps in and looks like he knows what he's talking about. Talks a little tough, pretty solid. However, Trump does point out that giving money to rebels we don't know is a bad idea. Always is. It is, right? But then he rambles about oil and Iran and ISIS. He really doesn't look good. And we, we, it's too long a clip to play, but it is what it is. Okay. About an hour and 17 minutes into this thing, Paul is talking. Rand Paul, again. See, like, Rand
1: Paul is coming up quite a bit here, and it gave him a little room to breathe because Christy wasn't around. Um, no, I'm shy. So you've been taking your notes. I haven't heard you say anything about Carly uh, Freyana. What she, is she doing? She's not. Uh, Carly, who? Evan? Carly. The arena. thank you thank you
0: uh she didn't do much if i'm being honest back seat
1: huh
0: yeah she took a back seat she she, she just has nowhere to go she you know what i mean yeah. it's like she it, the reason why she vaulted up in the polls is because it's like oh who the hell is this person but now you know who she is and she says the same thing all the time this the sixth fleet getting putin's ear yeah, oh by yeah, the yeah. way somebody uh commented i i'm sorry i can't remember who it was but they they said that kick him in the dick through the telephone would have been a good title from last oh, time, which okay. you did have written down I yes gave you I did that. Right. thank you uh, Rand Paul is talking about Syria no fly zone when he's interrupted oh here we go by Fiorina Trump jumps in and makes a snide comment people are not going to like this he gets booed Rand is having a strong debate it'll be inter- interesting to see if it helps his numbers at all and I hope it does okay here we
9: go I don't want to see that happen I think the first war in Iraq was a mistake you can be strong without being involved in every civil war around the world. Right. And how Reagan would you respond? Ronald Reagan was strong, but Ronald Reagan didn't say Ronald send Reagan walked, walked away East. at Reykjavik. He walked away.
1: Pause he a quit- my my favorite thing is any time you say Ronald Reagan, everybody else has to say Ronald Reagan as well. Oh, of course, because you can- <laughs> because because then it comes to the point. How many times can you say Ronald Reagan in the same goddamn sentence?
0: Absolutely. Well, it's like praise be to Allah. You know, it's like any time you mention Allah, praise be to him. It's like, "Oh, Ronald Reagan, praise be to him."
9: Talking. Can I finish with when it my was time? time to quit Can I finish with my talk? Why does she keep interrupting everybody?
0: Yeah. Wow!
1: Oh, oh wow! Uh, yeah, I'd
9: like to finish. I'd like to finish my response, basically. uh, If I may
0: respond, yeah, Rubio, yeah, then Rubio tries to jump in, it just goes into a clusterfuck. Trump, that's that's not it, does not play well. Why does she keep interrupting? See, because that's going to be the that's also a big problem. If he was actually to to be the nominee against Hillary, he'd have to toe a very fine line that he's not capable of towing, but yeah.
1: So, what we have to remember is when St. Reagan is brought up. Any of them can jump on to the bandwagon of the, the topic. Not only can they, they must. They
0: must. They're compelled. <laughs> the power of Reagan compels you. Uh, Kasich keeps trying to interrupt the whole time. Can I be the title? Maybe. Write it down. Maybe, okay. maybe we'll do that. Kasich keeps trying to interrupt the whole time. He looks desperate. I mentioned that. We only have like three clips left, Joey. So we did it a, little, we did it a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah we did. Rubio is having a status quo performance. He doesn't look as good when others up there do better. Christie and Huckabee off the stage helps Bush and Paul, I think. Bush pulled out a nice performance here. He seems more confident. Let me tell you this. America loves a comeback story. Stay tuned. I'm Bushy Baby. That's what I wrote. Okay. 129.36 into this thing. Carson is having a below average debate. I don't think this helped him at all. He and Rubio blame regulation and the government on the size of banks. I want to play this uh, clip. That's interesting. This clip. It is interesting. That's why I clipped it, mofo.
3: great. Just to be clear... Positive
1: positive? Just, just, oh my God, Joey! Sorry, sorry, it's just interesting that they're going to mention banks on the business network. Okay, go ahead, go. Well, it took almost like an hour and you know half to get yeah, it done. Yeah,
7: just to be clear, then you you wouldn't you wouldn't favor breaking up the big banks. You think they're they're big enough? They're okay as they are as big. I as
3: would as have you. policies that wouldn't allow that to occur. I don't want to go <laughs> in and tear. See, in. like,
0: oh, okay. So you're just you would just not have the reality be the reality. Yes, that is a much easier way to answer questions like, oh, the bridge fell. What do we do about it? Well, I mean, I would not have had that bridge fall. Number one. like, yeah. uh, Well, that's not possible, sir.
3: Anybody down. I mean, that doesn't help us. But what does help us is to stop tinkering around the edges and fix the actual problems that existed or creating the problem. In the Can I just part? add what to said? He- so his answer is. <laughs>
1: nothing.
0: Yeah, well, I'll just fix the problem. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let it happen, but then I also would just like fix, fix it. it. God damn it.
4: He's right on point there. You know why these <laughs>
0: banks are so. Ruby says he's right on point. And then Ruby jumps. He's like, <laughs> great point. He'd fix it. Nice.
1: <laughs> well, we would prevent the bridge from falling, and when it does, we'll just put it up.
0: No, we'll present, we'll pre- First, we'll prevent the, any bridges from falling. Yeah, no bridges. Plus but then we'll when fall. it falls. We're gonna make sure it doesn't fall. Like, what? You, that, that's that's in, inane. It just doesn't make sense. They're not even saying they're gonna fix it. They're just like, it won't happen. And when it does, it won't happen. What?
4: Big. The government made him big. The government made them big by adding thousands and thousands of pages of regulations. So the big the government wait what
0: the big banks big by regulating them? Are you fucking out of your mind? Let's let him finish and then we'll we'll jump on it.
4: Banks they have an army of lawyers, they have an army of compliance officers. They can deal with all these things. The small banks, like Governor Bush was saying, they can't deal with all these regulations. They can't deal with all. They cannot hire the fanciest law firm in Washington or the best lobbying firm to deal with all these regulations. And so the result is the big banks get bigger. The small banks struggle to lend or Even exist, and the result is what you have today. And in Dodd Frank,
0: all right, and then he just goes on on a whole other thing.
1: I, I, we
0: don't, we, we should not like stick on this too long. But it's I know, like, but
1: good. The only way to fix this would be to have someone who's actually a banker sit down and talk to them about how to absolutely looks. not because that's who's influencing them. What, what do you think? Oh. You think they're
0: going to say like they're going to they're going to slap the hand that feeds them? Come on, they. they they're not going to ever say that the banks are at fault, really, because the banks are who's paying for all this stuff. Okay. I also want to say this. See, he goes Governor Bush, whatever, very civil with him and Bush. Mm-hmm. They stopped fighting. That, that's not happening. Yeah, they're going to be the power fight, couple. Yeah, because they stopped fighting after Rubio spiked up the polls. Mm-hmm. Bush alley-ooped it to him, and he slam-dunked it. I'm telling you, that— yeah, It was planned. I think so, yes. I think that that was a little bit of a coordinated effort there, because they seem fine now, and they're never arguing with each other. Oh, that, that's it, Joey? Yes. Okay. Questions to Rubio about Hillary's resume gets boos from the crowd. Say what you want, but Senator and Secretary of State is an impressive res- resume. This is a fucking softball, meanwhile. They, they, these guys just love to complain that the media is so biased. Meanwhile, they, they get a lot of, like, softies. All right, let's hear it. This is, uh, this is, again, Rubio about Hillary's resume. Then we just have two closing statements, then we're out of here. Nice. Okay, presidential
2: debate. Senator Rubio. Hillary Clinton is the clear front runner for the Democratic nomination. If she is indeed the nominee, you will be facing a candidate with an impressive resume. She was the first lady of the United States.
1: I,
0: I don't. Uh, care. How, how could the a crowd Senate- this is what saying, like how could the crowd boo the fact that she has an impressive resume? It's not impressive that she was a senator, first lady, Secretary of State like she's done a lot like right. whether impressive. you think she did a good job or not that's a resume that you would go oh she's done quite a bit here yeah, yeah. she's been an active fucking charlatans <laughs> yeah she's been involved she's been a lawyer and in politics for most of her life yes and was secretary of state that's a pretty good position yeah
1: Could, and the entire col- crowd booed him well that's uh, you know you have to play to your audience I guess
0: well that's just a question the, the audience is playing themselves <laughs> it's ridiculous alright closing statements uh, Je I was apparently feeling good about Jeb Bush. I called him Jeb Aru. Uh, here we go. This is Jeb. Let's give him the the honor of of getting to play his closing statement here because I think he did a nice job. Mm-hmm. America loves a comeback, Joey.
2: This nation because
9: as, oh, as, sure, as here as we, as go. As we go
0: here we'll get we'll get a little bit of fear in at the end. Nothing. We God.
9: will take our government back.
1: Great, thank you. Thank nice. You, done. Former Governor
9: Jeb Bush.
7: Jane Horton is sitting with my wife here today. Her husband, Chris, was killed in action in Afghanistan, and Jane spends her time now defending and fighting for military families. They're both heroes. I don't think we need an agitator-in-chief or a divider-in-chief. We need a commander-in-chief that will rebuild our military and restore respect to our veterans by revamping and fixing a broken Veterans Administration. That's my pledge to you. I ask for your support. Thank you.
0: All right, I'm not going to, whatever. He said some shit in there that I could disagree with. Just whatever. Let's leave it alone. He said it. Let me tell you something. You better nail your closing statements in terms of timing, because if you get dinged while you're talking, the soundbite is unusable.
3: It's Mm. just a little
0: point I'm making, but it makes a difference. All right. What the hell is this? I I just have a time, and then I have a quote of something, but I didn't. Oh, it's Rubio. Okay. Just hold on a minute. Oh, I, I remember what it is. All right, here we go. This is, this is the end of Rubio's thing. Okay. And I'll make a point about it, and then we're done.
4: Issues of our time, and if we do, we will not just save the American dream. We will expand it to reach more people and change more lives than ever before. And the 21st century can be a new American sense feature. So tonight, I ask you for your vote, and I ask you to join us at my website, marcorubio.com. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> funny. <laughs> Okay, did you hear that in the background? She goes, <laughs> "He's funny." <laughs> yeah, it's a great soundbite. Yeah, yeah. He was. It was because Ted Cruz just before that was like, "Go to my website," and then he did it. So it's like, yeah. okay, it's a funny moment. But yeah, the 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 media is so biased, and they hate you. You made Maria Bartiromo just say offhand, "Like he's funny." Like, no, oh, I'm yeah. smitten with him. Uh, that's that's what I got for this thing. Do you think? To, how do you, th- you think that coverage was good? To, Good amount of clips, good amount of comment, or what? I think it was a good amount of everything. You thought you thought yes. it was good? Okay, because I'm trying to find like a, the right balance. I think that was pretty good. Do you have any, just based on what we listened to, thoughts about the candidates, who did well, who didn't do well? I'm shocked by uh, Rand Paul. Yeah, Rand Paul did a real nice job. I mean, obviously, I highlighted him a little bit, but the reason I highlighted him is because as I was watching it, I thought he was a highlight. So,
1: And it's a- also a great point that he brought up about the true nature of conservatism.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. If you're going to be conservative, you have to be conservative across the board. You can't just pretend that the military is like a thing that we can't ever touch and not, uh, you know, put more money into. Again, like I said, I think Bush did a nice job. Um, Everybody did a pretty good job. Kasich, embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Um, Fiorina, not great. Trump and Carson, below average. And I think especially in the foreign policy stuff, should be a big concern. Um, So you're going to give it a Bushy. Am I going to give the win to Bush? No. Personally, I'm going to give the uh, I don't know. I'm going to give the win to Rand Paul, but I'll say this, it was okay. a, it was what Bush needed to do. I think he did a good job. I think he put himself back in the the mix a little bit. I don't think his campaign
1: is is sinking rapidly, you know. So has Rand Paul bought himself a life jacket?
0: Yeah, I think he's sh- I mean, yes, but you never know the way that the the that base is going to re- react. Okay. I think he did a good job. I think he represented himself well. You know, had some good moments against Trump, stuff that maybe you would see played mm-hmm. out there. But again, as far as him going after Rubio with the conservatism stuff, it looks good. It sounds good to somebody that's not going to vote for anybody up there. But I, does it hurt Rubio? Probably not. I, you know, okay. we'll, we'll see what happens. But anyway, so that's the debate. Evan, you got any, uh, any thoughts about this or are you just general? What's going um, on?
1: You know, I'm glad to be here like you guys. And, oh, put the, uh,
0: you know what it is? You got to snap the mic on, brother. What? The mic is on. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, get closer to it. Oh, there we go. Now I can hear it. What up? Yeah, uh, I thought I agree with Joey. I thought Ron Paul is really good. Yeah, Um, Rand Paul. Rand Paul. And uh, yeah, you guys are doing a great job. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate it. Thank you for producing the show Uh, as always, Joey. People love this program. Yes. They should share it with their friends. They should tweet about it. They should go to SoundCloud.com/slash/MandatorySamson. Subscribe, follow, leave a comment. We always uh, respond to all of them. Really appreciate it. Get in, get involved in the show that way. You can also go to YouTube.com/slash/MandatorySamson. I pull up, put up the full episode videos, nice with the edited audio. So don't you know it's going to sound exactly the same as it would on on iTunes or SoundCloud or anything mm-hmm. like that. But you just get the added bonus of looking at our beautiful faces, and sometimes I wear a sweater, sometimes I don't, but it just gets too hot, and I can't yeah. do anything about it. You can also uh, watch and see what uh, flavor polar Polish seltzer I'm drinking today. It's vanilla pear. It's nice. Tastes really good. Nice. You can leave comments on there. I answer. Share it. Share it. Share it. YouTube.com slash Mandatory Sampson. On Twitter, I'm at Mansamp,
1: M-A-N-S-A-M-P. Joey is? Joey from Jersey with a Z.
0: You can email us, sampson at gmail.com. Feel free to leave comments on the SoundCloud if you have like a longer thought or something you disagree with, fine. And a lot you can email it. And then a lot of times I always answer, but sometimes we'll read it on the show. And yes. That 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 works out really nicely. You can also find us on Snapchat. I'm at Sam. Joey's at Joey from Jersey with the Z. Uh, listen, we really appreciate everything you guys do for us. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next Thursday. We're going to have a democratic debate over this weekend. And so there'll be some coverage of that. And who knows what else we're going to cover, but I guarantee you it's going to be just as good as any other episode we've ever done. So we love you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon.